0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Coffee People. My name is Ethan Essig and I am your host. Today, this episode is brought to you by the KC Coffee Collective, where you can go and get your favorite Kansas City coffees brought to your doorstep once a month. You can get more info at kccoffeecollective.co. So today we're sitting down with Mike Mazzullo, head roaster at PT's Coffee Company, Mike is an awesome guy, enthusiastic, loves people, loves coffee, so it made for a great interview, and I hope you guys enjoy and listen to everything that he has to say, because it's definitely important. So, one thing I did want to point out in the episode is that I asked Mike who his favorite roasters are besides PTs, and that's kind of, it was a, it was not a, um, outline questioner he had no heads up there so he gave a few shout outs but once everybody not mentioned to know that he also loves and appreciates everything that you do so um yeah didn't want anybody to feel left out and that just shows you what kind of guy mike is very caring so thank you for stopping by today and giving us your time we hope you appreciate Uh, the podcast, and we got some great episodes coming up after this one. So without further ado, here is Mike from P.T.'s Coffee Company. All right, coffee family, welcome to the first. I don't know what the name is yet, but it'll be in the intro. My name is Ethan Essig, and I am sitting here with Mike Mazzullo, the head roaster of P.T.'s Coffee. And, Mike, I'll let you introduce
1: yourself real quick. Hello, Patio Files. My name is Mike Mazzullo here at PT's Coffee Roasting Company, uh, head roaster and production manager. Uh, It's a really big honor to be here and uh, enjoying the company and looking forward to see what we have in store for this today.
0: Yes, it's going to be an awesome conversation. So we're sitting here and, you know, I always operate in these interviews as like people can see what I'm doing, but we're (laughs) sitting uh, in... The roasting facility so the warehouse portion for pts where mike roasts all that delicious coffee you love and i gotta say it's like especially looking at the roaster it's a pretty unique setup like the flames on it and (laughs) it's pretty
1: cool it's pretty neat so we're sitting on some bags of coffee where are these bags from uh so the bags we're sitting on right now are from uh, columbia in the wheeler region Okay. Uh, We are surrounded on one side of you, you have a washed Ethiopian, the other side of me, I have got a pulp natural Brazil, and then everything else of all the single origin varieties in front and all around us.
0: Wonderful. Where better to do a coffee podcast than surrounded literally by just all this coffee? Here, you want to bring like hand length away-ish? Okay. Good. Okay. So... We'll kick it off. I got a lot of great questions here. Yeah. Well, that's a little ego, egocentric of me. I have a lot of great questions. Um, so, we'll, uh, so when I talked to Mike on the phone, one of the things he said was, he was, you started off as a customer of PTs, right? That is correct. Okay. So, can you walk us through how you went from customer to making their delicious coffee that goes all
1: around the country? Uh, well, I, at the time I'd only been in Kansas for about one year. Um, I lived about 30 miles outside of Topeka, but I frequent uh, the PT's coffee roasting company uh, shop there at Barrington Village and I went there at least once a week. I had tried a lot of the other coffees around town, didn't really care for a whole lot. Uh, but as far as how I obtained this job here, it was It's actually really funny, and I love telling this story to a bunch of people, is uh, I was actually having a really bad day. Um, I was having a day where I did not really want to talk to anybody. I literally just picked up the clothes that I had on my floor and went out to have me a cup of coffee and just sit down relax and think. And I go up and I still to this day cannot remember what I ordered. Um, But I ordered my drink and then this very uh, excited guy next to me was like, this is a guy who knows what he wants! And I just look over and I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I'm sitting there waiting for my drink to be made. And uh, he's he just continues to start talking to me. Hey, how's it going? You having a good day? What's going on? And just starting small chat. Whereas uh, I'm sure with my facial expressions, I was not uh, excited or wanting to have that. But he kept pushing and kept talking. And so I got my drink and went and sat down. And he sat down at the table next to me and continued to talk. And the whole time I am thinking, why the hell is this guy still talking to me? I am not sure. Sh- wanting to continue this whatsoever at all eventually he just said so what do you think of the coffee and so I look at him I'm like you know it's it's good and he's like just good and I'm like well no I, I really like the coffee here and he's like so what do you think about all the coffee in Topeka and I'm like well this is where I go um I find this to be my favorite coffee in all the area and he goes oh well, I own this place and I was like, oh well <laughs> cool uh you have good coffee who roasts it and he's like oh well we do See, at the time, I didn't know of PT's coffee. Um, I wasn't super deep into specialty coffee, um, so I didn't know that they were a roaster. And he started telling me about uh, the direct trade model and how we go around and source coffees and work work with farmers and uh, give them fair wages and how he explores and discovers new coffees all the time. And I was just jokingly, was like, hey, uh, do you want someone to travel the world with you and find coffees? And he was like, no, but if you want a job, I'll give you one. And I have worked (laughs) as a uh, cafe manager when I was living in Dallas. And I was like, "Uh, no, thank you. I've worked in coffee before. And he's like, no, at my roasting facility. And I perked up. I was like, yeah, um, I would love to. Uh, At the time, I was in a job I didn't really care for. And I wasn't looking for a job, but I was sure looking to take something else. Um, But that did not start off as head roaster as I am now. It was in customer service. But I was willing to take anything. And so that is... How I initially got into working for P.T.'s Coffee was just a regular, everyday customer who enjoyed the coffee, met Jeff, one of the owners, at the perfect moment, right before he was about to fly out of the country, and uh, got this job. And I haven't looked back since, and I've been very blessed with all the opportunities I've had since.
0: That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Do a lot of the other people that work here have similar stories to that?
1: Well, I believe everybody has a story, but I don't think everybody has a similar story as I do to that. Um, There has been some of us who have known Jeff prior to working here or Fred or had some type of association in coffee that has been around PTs. Um, I think my story might be a little bit more unique than others, um, but all in all, it is my story. There
0: you go. (laughs) Love it. So how would you make the move from – oh, just so everyone knows, Jeff and Mike are the founders, Right. Jeff and Fred are the founders Fred yes wait you, Jeff Taylor and Fred Poles why did I say that lol um, okay so
1: you went for so you started out in customer service how'd you like that um, it was better than what I was doing but uh, I actually worked around a lot of really great people um, I yeah. enjoyed not just being around the people but also being able to participate and coffee cuppings and learning a lot more about coffee in general and this company itself and I gained a lot of respect there So yeah, that was my start. And then I made my transition over into just production and that's just bagging beans and sweeping the floors in the day and keeping things nice and tidy and restocked, um, which I thoroughly loved. I enjoyed being out in the warehouse, being more around the coffee, being more involved with cuppings and tastings and just everything else in general that we do as a production part of the company. Uh, from there, I got my opportunity, my foot, to dabble into roasting um, under our head roaster at the time, Adam, and our assistant roaster there, Brent, who is now our director of operations. Hello, Brent. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Um, and then, yeah, uh, then I just tried to absorb everything I could from uh, roasting coffee. And what does that entail? Roasting, tasting, roasting, tasting, rinse, repeat, roasting, tasting over and over again. And just seeing what happens with every reaction. Uh, that can occur throughout the roasting process and so it's just tasting a lot of coffee being very focused and trying to read up on any information you can out there and learn awesome so you've been doing you've been
0: here for 10 years total how many of those 10 have you been roasting
1: uh almost eight i think okay um and uh still love it to this day uh i have a few moments where it's really busy and i'm just roasting and just you know putting out the coffee but most of the time I can sit back and try to remember what it is I do and why I do it. Okay. So one of the unique things, um,
0: about PTs is just kind of, so there is a ton of focus on where the beans come from. I mean, it's all like on your packaging, you know, direct trade or, and the picture story of, you know, on the boxes and things like that. So, um, could you, could you kind of give us like a run through of that entire process for you guys and then what you do when you get all these beans here?
1: So we are almost to the very end when we get the beans here. Uh, yeah. Getting the raw product here in the States and our roasting facility getting ready to roast. Uh, stepping backwards, there are a lot of moving pieces to get the coffee here. Um, starting all the way back to the farmers that we work with and have been working with for many, many years. Uh, going down there working with them helping them improve not just the quality of the coffee from year- to-year basis but also the quality of life and everything else that happens there at the farm level uh, that is from the from the farm owner working with the farm managers who takes care of then the uh, workers who work below whether it's picking screening sorting the processing the drying uh, it's there's really a whole lot to it it's really amazing to be able to see it in person for anybody who has not uh, to see everything that has to go into all the care that it takes to get good quality green coffee to even roast with uh... so in regards to the direct trade it's paying well more than the fair price of sea market it's helping to pay and improve the quality of what they use on site whether it's the washing stations the pulpers Um, Anything there, there has been many things that we've done out there as far as building washing stations for some of the farmers or helping support clinics for not just the the employees, but their families and locals around villages and schools. Uh, There's a lot that we do to help improve the quality of life, which happy workers do a good job. Just as here, as I was telling Ethan when he came in, um, we have our stereo jamming during the day and uh, happy workers um, will produce some good quality work. And so hopefully you all taste that in the cup because there's a soundtrack to every bean that comes out. I just to say that line. <laughs> Stolen <laughs> out of my mouth. This is a good one. Um, and then there's Give a lot of credit. importers we've got to work with just to get the coffee here. Um, we do not own... Uh, an ocean liner or freight to get that here. So there's importers we work with that we work really closely with to get our coffee here and to store it off-site before we can get it into our hands. And there's a lot of red tape that has to get done. And luckily, I don't have to be a part of that, but I am very appreciative of everything that it takes to get coffee to us from there to distribute it out to all of our fellow customers.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So um, I'm guessing
0: that's what the owners and director of operations do is handle all that
1: side of things uh that is correct um we have a green coffee buying team uh we have our director of quality control we have our director of operations we have our coffee buyers who go out and travel and visit with the farmers and put all this together um and make everything happen
0: yeah so uh, uh okay so now you know that's an awesome process and i think it's it's great that you know you guys can speak on that and you're in touch with every point of it i think that's definitely a unique thing huh i said oh yeah (laughs) yeah um so all right so you get all that backstory does that make it even better for you when you get these big old bags of coffee here in the warehouse oh yeah knowing that oh yeah no i i
1: totally agree um uh as somebody who has had the opportunity to go down to Origin just to see the harvest being picked, and then coming back, and then you know seeing yeah. that yield come in, but also the backstory and hearing the stories of our farmers and their families, and the stories of the employees' families, and seeing the seeing the pictures and the videos, and but also really meeting them and f- yeah. bringing them here to the states and letting them see what we do with their product and see where it goes and how big they really are, um, it's. A really huge small world in coffee
0: yeah (laughs)
1: yeah it's a lot it's a lot of miles from bean to cup oh most certainly is yeah
0: oh yes that's that's cool um so all right so what do you i do want to talk about the traveling piece a little bit more but um when you get the beans here so what's the first thing that happens to them uh until they get into a bag of for
1: you guys just send out oh god um well depending on the coffee well not to pick some coffees out over others but uh depending on the coffee there are some that when they arrive um i get really excited yeah uh, there's been a time when i've had a coffee come in and i'm not gonna uh, pick one coffee over another but there's one specifically every year that when it comes in i get really excited yeah and uh really uh antsy about playing with there's been a time where one rolled up about 3:30. everything was shut down i was ready to go home And I fire the roaster right up because I was ready to play with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in regards to before that coffee ever gets out to the consumer, um, there's actually a lot of things we do. Uh, We look at green grading and we test all the green coffee and just see what we're playing with before uh, we anticipate what we want to do with development. Um, Then we start doing development roasts and we don't just, you know, crank it out and say, this is it. Um, we'll go through and I will approach each roast in a couple different manners just to see what all is there, what kind of acidity is there, what kind of a sweetness is there uh, what kind of floral or fruit flavors is there, what kind of body or chocolates can I bring out in this um, and do multiple roasts and one thing that's really important is you have multiple people tasting with you um, you can't just do things on your own uh, I know a lot of people who do and they it, it's really banging your head against the wall. It's really hard you must have multiple people tasting things as you're doing this. And so we'll look at a couple different roasts that I do in developments and see what aspects we like, what we didn't like, uh, some small notes that are kind of hidden in the background and see what we can't do to accentuate if you liked it. And then look at the different profiles and then figure out at what part of each roast development profile where during the roast these specific attributes happen. And then it's trying to bring all the likes into play and hiding some of the dislikes and putting it all into one profile. Sometimes that might take another two or three. Then we'll reapproach it and retaste it um, before we, as a collective, say this is what's really good. This is what we like. This is what we think is a, the best representation of this coffee bean is going to be. And then from there, we retaste it, we cup it, we get our flavor notes, and then uh, we have a lot of folks who have a lot of work to put onto the website. Thankfully, that I don't have to do. Yeah. Um, but. It's really fun, it's really cool to see what's in coffee. Even if it's the same coffee that we've had five years in a row, it's never going to taste the same. Um, There are some basic flavor attributes that will remain there, but coffee changes. It is an agricultural product, Um, depending on the farm or whatever. uh, It depends on if it was a hot winter, cold summer, if it was a drought, if it was really rainy and floods, uh, if there was volcanic activity that put down ash, Um, All that changes the flavor characteristics of the coffee from year to year. And so it's really exciting to see what the same coffee that you've worked for years is going to be like the next, or the coming, or compared to the last. So it's very fun, it's very interesting, and it always keeps the coffee fresh and new. Uh, I'm glad it's never the same.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's an easy way to uh, stay interested in everything going on.
1: Oh, most definitely. Um,
0: So when you play, so I'm looking, you have two roasters. You have the Dietrich, the kind of old school, right? Am I right in saying that?
1: Yes. So right here in front of us, closest, is our IR-24 Dietrich. Okay. Um, Behind it, you can't see because the IR-24 is blocking it, but we got an IR-5 Dietrich behind that. Okay. Um, And then back there in the far distance is our 90-kilo Gahat. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that thing's big. It is a beast. Um you can call it the got hot bertha um it's a roaster you love to hate yeah but love it to death um yeah. it is a workhorse it produces great coffee um it's it's just a beast that's for sure uh it holds back nothing it takes no prisoners <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing you can do to that roaster to hurt it and that roaster can do everything to hurt you that is awesome but uh i i do love it um so it really simplifies and makes really great coffee and does really good things for us.
0: So do you, for the two smaller ones, is that where you like test stuff out for the tasting room and uh,
1: maybe like your smaller batch stuff that you do? Yes, um, so I'm doing developments. I'll start out on our, our IR5 and I'll do a small four pound or eight pound roast to begin profiling, to see what all is there. As I was explaining here just a minute ago, And then from there we'll scale it up. Um, Even though they're both uh, IR series roasters and scaling down due to batch size to capacity, um, they still require different profiles between the two. And so they are conduction roasters and so roasting from one to the next. um, There are some slight minute differences that you must do to keep the same profile consistency. And then if there's anything that we are transferring from there to our Gaha, which is a 90 kilo convection roaster, it um, takes a lot more manipulation to get it to taste the same or scaling down from the Gaha back down to the Dietrichs. Um, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of forethought before doing so, but in honesty, it's just a lot of fun.
0: Hey, there you go.
1: <laughs> That's good. It's a challenge and I don't know, it, it just keeps things going.
0: Yeah. So uh, in a given week, how many
1: pounds of coffee do you roast? Uh, this week we went through thirty bags of coffee. Okay. Um, How many? Were and, and so, saying that to folks, thirty bags. Uh, most of our bags are sixty kilo. Um, some of them are seventy kilo. So anywhere between one hundred and thirty-two, one hundred and fifty-four pounds. Um, we do have some smaller uh, oh, Kenya Vaxil bags, but majority of our bags are at least sixty kilo. So um, cranking out output is you know several thousand pounds of coffee a week. Holy. I'm gonna go ahead and cuss for the first time on
0: the podcast. Holy shit. That's a lot. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, yeah. This is personally the most coffee I've ever been around. But um all right, well that's a that's a fun fact for us. So what um when you do the tasting, is it just everyone in the company normally doing it? Or do you guys bring people in or um, it
1: is not everybody in the in the company. Uh, that's uh, we're a big company, though we have a small workforce within our company. but even so, it would still be a lot of it'd be too many people within the cupping room to really taste and focus and uh, talk mm-hmm. about what you're tasting, what you're working on. Everybody does get an opportunity and is always invited to come in uh, when we're tasting. Uh, Unless it's developments, then I try to keep it with a couple of few so we can focus more closely. Um, We cup with wholesale customers, we cup with um, a lot of visitors who come in on a regular basis, but we do cup all of our production roasts that we do every single day, and then not including developments and buying purchases, uh, decisions, so. Gotcha. right. Um, so,
0: talking about the production. So, during your roasting life, what is your – and this is probably going to be hard. So, if you want to make it a top three, you can, but your favorite batch of coffee you've ever produced. Like, (laughs) you drink it, and you're just like, man, I am an evil genius of coffee. Everyone's going to love
1: this. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, I can break that down into different ones. So, my favorite coffee that I have have roasted um, was because it was – at the time, I think 2014, uh, to me, myself, was unheard of was a natural pacamara. Okay. Um, and the only reason why is the fact that both naturals take off very excitedly um, post drying as well as uh, pacamaras. And they both really want to get super excited and take off leading up to first crack and then post crack. Um, so it's wrangling end, okay. it in. And I find it very simple now. Um, yeah. Uh, approaching and doing it, but then it was a challenge to me um, to pull back and keep that all in line without it getting, without it taking off and uh, going too crazy post crack. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, I I freaked out the first time. I knew it would do it, and I tried yeah. everything to hold back so it wouldn't do it, and it still did it anyway. Yeah. And so I just paced around. And I was trying to think. like, what the hell can I do? Uh, there's something I can do surely to bring this back, so that way it's you know not ever done, end up being too savory what whatnot, and I accomplished it and I was very happy and I was very proud and I look back and to what I know and what I do today and I'm like uh, it really wasn't that much but at the time yeah. it was something brand new to me and I, I love new things and so yeah. it was really cool and I had a lot of fun with it and I felt like it was a huge accomplishment even though like I said it wasn't a whole lot in comparison to things that um, I do now on a regular basis but yeah. it was very fun
0: well that's a uh, I mean you know you gotta love those oh thank you you're welcome those big moments you know in your craft where you like have that oh yes I feel like I finally got it and then sometimes you look back and you're like oh god I was terrible (laughs) so that those are always good stories those are you know I mean I have those pictures in photography or something you know where you're like oh man
1: Oh, I God. think everybody can look back and be like, "What was I thinking?" Or that yeah. was terrible. Or yeah. you know, that wasn't a big leap or bound or an aha moment that I would think of today. But um, it's steps, and I think we grow as an individual further and further with knowledge and experience as we keep going. Yeah. Uh, but looking back, it was like that was nothing. But to what I to what we do do with today or our understandings today. But then it was really huge, and I felt really good about it. Awesome. Uh, but in regards to another favorite coffee. Um, the Sudan Rame natural uh, really amazed me. It, um, I've had a lot of naturals. I've had a lot of like beautiful naturals, very fruity naturals, fermented, or very clean naturals. Um, There's something about that coffee that, when tasting it, it just... And I don't even drink a whole lot of naturals, but yeah. it, it really got me. And I was like, wow, this is very clean, It's, but yet jammy, um, nice citrus tone. So it's like that... So it's like, you know, a raspberry jam with a little bit of lemon. So it has an extra little bit of tartness, but it's not like sour tart. It's just like a little crisp tart, but yet that jammy was very sweet. And it also had a little bit of cocoa powder in the very back, in the foreback. And the mouthfeel was not tea-like. It was just a little bit beyond tea-like, so it wasn't quite velvety, um, I guess you would say two percent milk if you want to yeah, go by that yeah. level which i hate <laughs> using but this is the first time i'm throwing it out there so i'm using it two percent milk there you go uh, was really That's good the <laughs> um i really loved it and um it it did really well people loved it and it turned out to be an amazing coffee and i'm looking forward to getting that back again from granja la esperanza where's your that? eyes open columbia columbia yes okay. so everybody keep your eyes out it will be coming back here soon Um, But that was one of those ones that I just absolutely loved. It was a specific lot of a specific year that just blew me away. And that was probably my favorite coffee produced that I tasted that just amazed me. Um, Minus, and a lot of people have this same idea, uh, Ethiopian Sadamo Natural Vintage 2008 Harvest. A lot nope. of you out there may remember that specific harvest because it sticks with me, and I've talked about it, and a lot of people were like, ah, I know what you're talking about. I remember that same vintage as well. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw that one out there. Um, I had that on my interview when I was out here, and it really blew me away, and that one sticks with me, though I did not produce it myself. Uh, so that goes okay. away from what hey. you were saying of what I pr- produced, no, what I've no, enjoyed, no. but that's, that's cool. a huge coffee moment you in my can life. I
0: always appreciate others' coffee as well.
1: Oh no, most definitely. There's a lot of other good coffees out there.
0: That yeah. is for sure. Um oh, that just gave me another good question. But um, the one you said before, the one from, y'all, let me know when you guys get it back
1: in stock or save me a bag. It's on its way to America now.
0: Maybe we'll send. Oh, okay. Maybe <laughs> we'll send that out in the subscription. Who knows.
1: Uh, it might be a little pricey, but okay, <laughs> then maybe
0: not. No, I'm just
1: kidding.
0: Um, is it one of those that's like fifty bucks a bag
1: or something like that? Um, it it will be. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, a little more pricier. It's what we call our blue label. Comes in the two. Okay. So we yeah. We saw ounces at a time. Yeah. Um, fantastic coffee. Um, it's one of those that if you have a chance to taste it, I say it, it's yeah. probably worth it. Is it something you want to buy a lot of? No. No. Um, I would not myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I do enjoy tasting it.
0: Hey. It's a treat, especially if you love coffee.
1: Most definitely.
0: Okay, so you gave me a slight segue into another question that I didn't have written down, so I apologize for the surprise, but I think you'll be okay with it. Besides PT's coffee, what is your other favorite coffee? Like, what would you drink at home,
1: excluding PT's? Oh my God, this is actually a really hard one to me.
0: Uh... <laughs> uh, is it a? Is it hard because you drink so much PT's only, or because? Beca- because I imagine you know
1: obviously you have access to it all the time actually no um i do drink so much pts all the time um yeah we cup every roast we do we're cupping every single day it's what i bring home almost exclusively all the time because it's free to me yeah but um hey, no matter how amazing that? something is and if you haven't over it ever again you get sick and tired of it um yeah. but you know being a part of the roaster's guild i've, I've met a, made a lot of really good friends over the years and um traded coffees because it's always good to drink other coffee other than your own it's good just to have something to calibrate yourself differently um there's no such thing as a bad coffee there's no such thing as the best coffee it's just good to have something else so i actually trade coffee somewhat regularly with other roasters from around the country and it's really good to do that so i actually do have an availability okay. to test other things nice um here a little while back i had some coffee from onyx thank you mark okay uh, for a fine job that you do uh that is gonna be my one personal shout out there's a lot of others I'd like to reach out there and say too but uh I don't want to go too far um in fact I shouldn't have said Onyx or Mark but I hate I hate just you know picking one because everybody else knows like oh he didn't say mine or oh he forgot about me or forgot my name I I apologize to all of you others out there and so I don't want to uh put anybody else out there but there are some other great roasters who I are always in constant communication with, just talking over ideas and stuff. Uh, it's very fun and very interesting. But yeah. I do have a lot of other coffees. So, uh, yeah, I, that's I, cool. I, that's an awesome that you had another question about that, but I, I don't want to just single out one person or another because no, yeah, I don't want to yeah. hurt any other feelings. No, I hear you. So um, let me scratch out Onyx completely. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sure they appreciate it.
1: Um,
0: okay, so next thing we had on the dot so you guys are very involved in the whole process so over your 10 years with this company was some of the travel that that's involved or going to
1: learn about where the coffee comes from all that good stuff oh yes so i mean there's been many of us over the years who have you know traveled down to origin uh whether it be bolivia guatemala um going to el salvador Colombia. i mean even through africa Um, I've even had my opportunity to go down to El Salvador and spend some time with our direct trade farmers there and um, had a beautiful time. Um, Anybody you talk to, um, if you haven't been to Origin you talk to somebody who's been to Origin, they make it sound so romantic about going to Origin, how beautiful it is. Um, That is not crap. It really is. Um, Seeing the farmers work, um, being there with the employees and just seeing the full process and seeing everything that happens and goes through, just at the farm level before ever even making it to our shores, to our roasting facilities, or to the cafes. Um, There's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of care that people put into it and it's really cool to see it all um, from beginning to end. It's nice to be around the culture and the people and just get their ideas and feedback and letting them taste roasted coffee that you produce of theirs. Um, it's really funny to see them open their eyes or widen their eyes when they taste a cup of coffee that's you know, been roasted and brought back to them because normally at Origin um, the the good coffee gets sold and it gets exported. Um, it usually it doesn't stick around and employees don't really get to taste the fruits of their labor. And so it's really cool that when you can bring it back and let them see it and let them see what they're working towards. Uh, it's beautiful. It really is. Um, I could go on about that for a while. Um, everybody who's been to Origin can contest to that. And those who haven't, hear that, about how amazing it is. It really is. I'm not saying you're missing out because you can't go. I'm just saying if you have the opportunity, you probably should. I would definitely say that.
0: That's awesome. Gotta love that. Um, how far away is El
1: Salvador? Oh, dear Lord. I and honestly, I really have no clue. Um, it, it, it wasn't a long trip via airplane, Um, but driving around El Salvador takes a while, um, especially getting up in the mountainous regions to get to some of these farms. Um, A lot of good driving, a lot of hours on the road uh, to visit from farm to farm, and just um, some of the farms are not easily accessible, and so you have to ride in a Jeep very slowly for a very long time just to get to a farm. Uh, It's very rough rides, very beautiful scenery rides to get there. but uh getting around there is a little bit different and that's not just for el salvador that's from a lot of countries getting it to the higher elevations into some of these remote regions where these farms are located
0: okay um have you is there anywhere else that your
1: guys's coffee comes from that you want to make it to That i'd like to make it to yes um we have a lot of great farmers we work with both in colombia and in guatemala i'd like to go see okay uh i know panama would be very beautiful it is not on the top of my list um that is uh somewhere everybody wants to go because it's so amazing and so beautiful and you know so tame but uh no i I would love to go to both colombia and guatemala myself um if i could get over to maybe indonesia and africa that'd be really cool too hint hint, wink wink but uh we'll definitely take anything else yes most definitely uh, but no, it'd be, it'd be cool to go back again and to go to origin and see some of our other farmers um, who have met here at our own facility or here in America, but to see them on their own properties and their own lands and let them walk me around, let me see and just yeah. talk with them. I think that'd be really amazing. Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: Um, now that's pretty epic that, so they, they come up here as well and see what happens with their coffee whenever it gets here and all that. Yes, we've flown many of our producers here. Um, not okay. just
1: here, but to our sister company, uh, Bird Rock, there in uh, San Diego.
0: Okay. Um, and what, does Jeff live out there now?
1: Uh, Jeff lives out there now, and so does uh, Maritza and their little son, Phoenix. Uh, cool. You know, running the whole show and growing and exploding that. I mean, they're doing really good. Uh, yeah. M- mad props to Bird Rock. Jacob doing really awesome over there with the training program and uh, – competitions and tony for cranking out some really beautiful coffee there we go hey that's uh some of the other coffee that mike
0: drinks
1: (laughs) exactly right there most Uh, i should have said that's my favorite coffee yeah i could have gotten some brownie points there i know right (laughs) that's all right you can love all coffees and so i have to say folks uh just you can't see but um, I have an empty coffee cup in front of me. It's really, really sad moment. Uh, yeah, that's just one thing I gotta. That is right the now. worst, right? And then you're like,
0: eh, I've probably had too much for the day, but I'm trying to wean down personally my co- my caffeine tolerance because I'm at that point where like I can have an unlimited amount and it doesn't affect me.
1: It really says something when your cup's empty and you're like, Ah, oh, damn! I wish I had just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, take me over the edge. Okay. So uh, I guess next couple questions questions um, are a little more grand scale. So, um, you know, you've been roasting eight years, correct? Right about. Yeah. Okay. So over the next eight years, where would you like to um, see P.T.'s coffee go? What would you like to create? Um, is there anything new you would like to bring in or just keep pushing the current
1: mission? Well, we ac- we've actually have changed and transitioned a lot the last couple of years um, with a lot of projects we've been working on. We have a lot of new projects we have coming on. We also have a- several new cafes we plan on opening here in the next year. Um, I'd like to see our shops grow and our brand grow and be a little bit more recognized within the specialty coffee industry. Um, not just locally, but I'd like to see it you know, scale out even further um i have a lot of friends a lot of roasters or just family everywhere else who love our coffee get our coffee drink our coffee but would like to see us there as a footprint okay and so i'd like to see us grow in that direction as one um there's a lot of other projects that we have going on that i'm really excited about and like to see happen and be super successful and grow Um, and keep all of us very busy, but also still maintain the opportunity to work with the small micro lots that we always have.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think you guys will definitely get there, especially in the Kansas City area, opening up more shops. You get,
1: is it near Power and Light that you're it going It is in Power and Light, yes. Okay. And okay. another one, I think, in Overland Park off Metcalf Okay. Um, that we have. And we also got another one here in Topeka that's going to the uh, Wheatfield Project. Okay. Um, over there by where they're building a new movie theater and spend pizza and stuff. Um, so we, we we have a couple that are all in line to come up here within the next year. Wow. And that's just the start, folks.
0: Well, you're going to be roasting more coffee. I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that, uh that'll be cool i mean if you guys have uh, anyone listening um haven't been to the crossroads location it's awesome fun molly the manager oh yeah yeah. does an amazing job she's awesome she is awesome um yeah every time i interact with her i'm like oh you're such a great person (laughs) um so sweet she Uh, gives you the time of day yeah most definitely yeah um but yeah, the it's you know, you just walk in there and it's chill. Mm-hmm. You're like, I can hang out here for days, and it's all good. Oh yes, but uh, and the food is good too. Yes. I had a wrap there last weekend.
1: Yes, the food menu that has been designed is delicious. Yes. So, um,
0: all right. Well, I'd say that's a pretty good vision. I look forward to visiting all these <laughs> locations. All right. So we have made it to the final question um so the big one or i guess this is a nice metal one for you um so what would so what is your message to
1: the world of coffee um actually i actually have two the first one is very simplistic okay uh this goes out to um consumers of coffee um, your customers as well as your baristas who don't have the opportunity um, there are a couple of things that they just don't get a chance to ever experience that I absolutely love and I love showing or talking to people about it. One is my favorite smell in the whole world. Is after doing several batches of roasting and waiting for your batch to cool so you can vacuum out the chaff before you can fire it back up and continue roasting, you just open the chaff box and stick your head partly in and smell it. It's so sugary sweet and so amazing. <laughs> um, I still get a kick out of it every single time I got to vacuum out the chaff box, um, <laughs> which is uh, very good so you don't start a fire. Remember roasters, only you can help prevent roaster fires. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, my most amazing favorite smell. Um, another thing that we always get to experience out here in the roasting plant that nobody else really gets to is cutting open a vac Seal bag of coffee. Um, I've opened hundreds of them and it doesn't seem all that great. It's hard as a brick, it's vac Seal, there's no air to it, and you cut mm-hmm. it. And it takes a couple seconds before air starts seeping in, and it's very lightly, and then just, and then nice. it all breaks out of its brick shape. Um, there's just something satisfying about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like Amelie, for any of those who've seen it, where she sticks her hands in the beans, and that's one of her sensations of just something that's different. Uh, mine is cutting Vaxil bags. I love it, and I think everybody should get a good chance to experience it as the bag needs to be open. Don't do it just to do it. Let me say that again. Don't do it. Just do it only when it's ready to be opened, to be roasted.
0: That's super funny. <laughs>
1: I know these are really odd, random things, um, but definitely the smell of the chaff box. Um, anytime we have uh, visitors while we're roasting or uh, baristas coming in for a training. I've even pulled people at of the office. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm about to fire the roaster back up, so I'm about to vacuum it. you got to come out here and smell this. And i open it up real quick so they can smell it. And, you know, people are like, oh, that does smell good. Other people just look at me like I'm insane, which I'm used to, but... It, it, it's a great smell. If That's you have a, a chance sign, though, to visit doing, a roasting yeah. facility and smell a hot chaff box, you should totally do it. It's an amazing smell. It is beautiful. Um, so, <laughs> I wonder how many people are going to be struggling for a visual of that statement because like, they don't, just don't know. No, they don't. Um, yeah. Most people will not. But if, if you have the opportunity, just please do it. Yeah. <laughs> So my... Uh, Google it if you need to. So my other thought or thing to go out to the coffee world, my closing message, I should say. Um, so... in consumer Who who's drinking the coffee. Um, if you have a good cup of coffee at a shop, you know, th- please thank your barista. Barista, if if someone thanks you for a, a great shot of espresso or a great pour over... Um, you know, take gratitude in what you did. Uh, You have nailed it one way or another, most likely because you have knowledge and experience in regards to extraction. Um, I doubt it's the fact that you just so happen to nail it without even, like, trying. But, uh, you know, take some of that to heart and feel really good at what you did in regards to being able to serve that nice shot of espresso or pour over. Um, I have friends in the coffee world and especially around Kansas City and around here who will go in and get a shot of espresso or a pour over and they'll tell me like hey man so I went to your shop and I had the shot of espresso or I had this pour over and it was fucking amazing and uh, <laughs> I can just imagine I assume you roast that honestly I really don't know um, we roast a lot of coffee and I don't roast it all i give mad props to both Lara and Matthew who roast coffee as well I, I, I don't want to do it all I have done it all and I don't want to do it all yeah. um, so they help me out it is not because you know I we are awesome roasters Um, we created great profiles and we hit it. Um, Brista's shot of espresso you can extract it pull a shot and it could be amazing or taste like shit in the matter of you know 22 seconds 40 seconds you can make or break that shot of espresso it can be amazing it can be terrible great customer experience, experience bad customer experience. Me during the roasting process we can have you know 11 minute roast or you know 10 minute roast to 16 minute roast we can make or break it and we have that period of time of hitting that profile that we have set up to do so please don't be cocky please don't <laughs> think you are god's gift to coffee or that you are the shit. um but feel good about what you do um don't let me don't take that i'm bashing baristas um same goes with the roasters um i you should not be cocky um, you are not God's gift of coffee. Yeah. Um, we just do what we do. And as a roaster, it's the knowledge of what happens in the roasting process. And it's the way you apply that to roasting specific beans. So we can make it or break it 10 and a half to, you know, 16 minutes. Baristas, you know, 22, 40 seconds for a shot of espresso. Farmers have one whole year to make or break a good lot. And they are not a personal person person who is picking all the coffee, sorting all the coffee, and processing all the coffee. They have a whole team they're overseeing and working with to do this. And As I said earlier, you could have a hot winter, you could have a cold summer, floods, droughts, um, you know, volcanic activity that can all mess up your harvest as well as, you know, leaf rust, uh, boar bugs, anything else that you have to combat. Um, That's where it all is. Uh, I can only make coffee taste so good with what our farmers do with the way they process it, the way they pick it, the way they combat all of the global changes that happen. I can only make coffee so good from what they do and hand along to the barista, who for there can extract it to the end consumer. And then end consumers, if you buy a bag of coffee, or you receive a subscription of a bag of coffee, um, you have a lot going for you as well too. Um, coffee is closely related to wine in regards to flavor characteristics. A bottle of wine, you just crack a cork and let it breathe, and then you pour it, and then you have what is produced and what is expected. Um, as a home barista, you have water temperature, you have a particle size of your grinder, of what you're using, um, how much water you use, ratios, the vessel you're using, so on and so forth. You have a lot to combat to get a final end product, which differs from what you would probably get from inside of a shop. Unless you have the coolest fucking coffee setup in your home, <laughs> uh, which I don't even have. But I can still make a coffee. Yeah. Um, so thank your baristas and always let them know how, how they're doing. Baristas, always feel good what they're doing. Please don't be cocky. Um, there's nothing worse than having a cocky employee, whether it's a barista, whether it's a roaster. Um, don't act like your shit don't stink. My shit yeah. stinks from high heaven and back. <laughs> but I still feel like I do okay. I have... A grasp of understanding of the roasting process and what we do what I do or what I want to do um, due to all the experimentations I've had the ability to do and all the research I've done over the years so feel good but please don't be cocky
0: awesome hey it's a good message
1: <laughs> it it takes a lot
0: from the farm to you to the barista to home oh yes wherever it goes so let's all go
1: back to the farmer yeah. always goes back to the farmer
0: yeah so appreciate that process everybody Okay, last question. Okay. I don't mean to jump off the epic one, but what's the best way to make coffee at home for the general consumer? What would you say?
1: That is the absolute... Most impossible question? No, it. it, it I don't want to say impossible. And I don't want to say horrible, but people ask me, I have like fan members or friends like, so what is the best coffee in the world? Yes. That is so subjective.
0: Okay, what if I give you a ranking? Okay. Of three common ones. Okay, that okay. I can do. Okay, so I'll go... Well, this is, one of them's easy. So I'll go Keurig French Press Kim-X. I pour over. Okay, what coffee are you going to use in this? Um, that all makes a difference. <laughs> okay, what is, like, the most widely consumed? Like a Colombian, maybe? That'd be, like, a
1: popular one. Like, okay. something you, a lot of people produce a lot of. Okay, yeah, so if you want to just shoot out there an average Colombian. Um, depending on the roast level, uh, I would use a kim Okay. Um uh, If it's a darker roast, I would definitely use a French press. Okay. Um, Keurig will do anything. Um, for a home brewer, um, I think Keurig can get, can get it somewhat on point. If, okay. If you, if you grind it correctly and, you know, you have your own refillable cups and you need a single, you know, real quick. Don't um, we use plastic. Yes. Um, there's a lot of really good home brewers that can hit spot on. Um yeah. That are amazing. Uh, that are better than the Keurig. Sorry, Keurig. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's some really good ones out there uh, beyond that. But I would definitely do Chemex. I'm a Chemex okay. person, 100%, up and down. Um, that's why I hate traveling. Now I, now I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I can't I cannot stand traveling because I never have my Chemex with me. Yeah. Um, then it's Aeropress. I okay. do a lot of Aeropress and hotel rooms. That's the only place I really do Aeropress. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even when I camp, I'll I'll do a small pour over by yeah. a campfire before I do an Aeropress. But Aeropress is for my traveling only. Okay. Got but it. Chemex
0: all, all the way. All right. You heard it from there. Okay. Well, Hey, we've got we've knocked out some time, so okay. But uh, yeah, wrapped up all the questions. But Mike, myself, and the audience, we definitely appreciate the love and heart you put into the process and the whole story. So it's been awesome.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> not not to sound cheesy, but it, and I hate to say it. Um, I don't hate to say it, but it is cheesy. But, you know, as our motto has been for so long, without the love, it's just coffee. And yeah. that's not me. And that's not just the farmers. That's the baristas. That's everybody work in between. At PTs, you have to get that tattooed on your shoulder. No, I'm just
0: kidding. <gasps> Mine's on the small of my back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, for more information on our roasters, go to kccoffeecollective.co and you can see all the people that we represent and we'll send to your doorstep. Uh, again, the, the best part about this company and starting this and the best part about this podcast is to talk to people like Mike uh, who have such a passion for what they're providing to you. And we know you guys appreciate hearing them. So, Wanted to thank you for stopping by and making all this possible. And hope you enjoyed the episode. And look forward to giving some more interviews, putting more stuff out there. And we got some great ones lined up. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure and visit PT's. Um, they got a location in the Crossroads and locations out in Topeka and more locations coming this year. So be on the lookout. Try their coffee. It's amazing. Support Mike and the team. So thank you guys for stopping by. Have a great day.